Welcome to Grief Recovery Now podcast. I'm your host, Charlene Gorzella, your grief recovery specialist. This podcast is being produced just for you, someone who has been challenged and heartbroken over a significant and devastating loss, death, divorce, sudden life change, or the many other ways we experience grief. You will be taken on a conversational journey with me and some special guests who have come out the other side of grief and committed to small, powerful, and courageous steps that made all the difference in their lives for the better. I want to instill in you on what is possible, that joy, hope, peace, and happiness is closer than you think. While your life is forever changed, you can have a beautiful new outlook on your relationships and loss with a sense of completion that goes deep in your soul. Ready, set, now. Let's get started. Hi, everybody. This is Charlene Gorzella of Grief Recovery Now podcast, and so glad you're with us today. I just want to let you know how important you are and how grateful I am that you're here today. It is an important subject for me and with the world worldwide. I'm excited to talk to you today, and this show is just going to have me. Normally, I have some awesome guests that I really admire and appreciate, and I wanted to bring value to this podcast of Grief Recovery Now. And I've been really intuitively, I wanted to do it on my own today and have you get to know me. And most of all, because some of you do know who I am, and I've explained a little bit about my experience, my background as an advanced grief recovery specialist, but also as a human being, just like you living in the world today. Today, we're having a communal experience of grief. We all lost what we thought life would be on a day-to-day basis with the COVID pandemic. There's so much devastation right now that you and I have to acknowledge our own pain and our grief. Then it is necessary to understand the loss and name it. And that's one of the reasons why I wanted to do grief recovery now and to share this in communal experience. I know we have our own individual experience, the emotional experience and not the intellectual. And I wanted a safe place for people to come and share what's going on with them. I said this before, I believe grief is cut in half and joy is magnified when we all are in this together. I know we all need our own personal time, and I just hope we don't dive into isolation. That's not healthy either. So please reach out. This is a space for you. And also, it gives me a space for me to be able to share what I've learned, what I've experienced with you, but most of all, be an educational guide on a grief recovery methodology that will help you get from unresolved to a sense of resolve in your relationships and the devastation and the loss that you have experienced that may be affecting your life today and not even knowing it. There's so many different levels of grief. Grief is grief, but sometimes we put sadness in it or all kinds of other names, depression, mental illness. It could be anything that we name it, but what we don't name is the grief that what's great today in our world is that it's being recognized. 
And I think some of the devastating things that are happening in our world today, everything from the pandemic that is, as I just said, has changed our day-to-day movement in this world, this way of looking at things and how we had to pivot very quickly in ways we never had to. I remember with masks, I would travel internationally, but I would see a lot of um, Asian guests walking out, coming from China or wherever, and they had masks. It wasn't because of COVID, it was because of the air quality. And I'm sure it has to do with germs and all that kind of stuff. I always wondered about that, how, why they did that. Now I know one of the reasons why is to protect their lungs and their health. Many reasons, I'm sure. And so in this change in our lifestyle and the way we have to look at things that even relate to each other, that is a sense of loss too, of course. And as I said earlier, we have to name what it is. Each person is individual, how it affects them emotionally. Me, myself, I miss many things with my family. I don't see on a physical level. Thank God for Zoom. I, this is where the pivot comes in and how technology, thank God, has risen for us as far as Zoom and internet and communicating that way. But nothing takes the place of a great, great hug. Nothing. And so while we are resolved in or somewhat resolved into doing what we have to do in the next right thing during this pandemic before hopefully it's over is to do some pivoting. But also in that pivot is recognizing our emotional state. We get so busy with how are we going to make it work or strategizing and getting into the intellectual of how we're going to be able to live with this. Hopefully we're taking some private time and some sharing time with people to talk about what's going on emotionally. What losses have you occurred during this time, during this pandemic? And anything that goes with it, people have lost loved ones through this COVID. They have lost jobs. They have on the verge of losing their homes, on the verge of wanting to strangle each other, you know, family members or wives or children because they're cooped up in a home. Their freedom is lost. I know one of the things I miss is going to see some concerts during the summer. It's summer right now. And boy, this pandemic started in March. So we had March, April, May, June, July, August. Now we're in September. We're in our seventh month of this. And while my life has shifted and I'm getting used to some of the things I do is making, putting on the mask and all that, I still am missing things. Life is simpler because of it, but I miss going to the movies and going to have dinner. And it also helps me reflect on family members who have lost. I have some quiet time today as far as I have time to reflect about life. And it maybe gives us time to reflect about our grief. I did some grief recovery work on my mother during this time. And it was beautiful. There's some people who grieve where they put people on the martyr or the saint level or they put them on the level of the devil. It's either all or nothing in relationships. During this time, I sort of got to see, when I did my grief recovery work, I got to see the beautiful parts of my relationships with my mothers, and then there's some unresolved parts, maybe a fight I had with her when I was in high school. 
that I never got to quite resolve within myself that I got to work on a little bit. And it wasn't like I worked on hours with it. I got to acknowledge it and name it something that came up. If it comes up to me um, 30 years later, I'm 62 years old. So I guess I was 16, a lot longer than that, over 30 years, that there must be something unresolved if I still have little memories of experiences that still come up. That means that I need to look at something. It's not, there's, there's reflection. And then there's things that maybe I said to my mother, like I hated her when I felt she took something away from me. And that was a turning point. And when I see her face of hurt and we all have our individual little nooks and crannies that we have in our life that has some grief in it an unresolved or incompleteness that I never got to resolve. Or maybe because my mother's not here right now, I got to sort of talk to her. I'm the type of person is like, I believe the physical may be gone, but the spirit and the energy of my mother is still around me. Then I got to acknowledge her and apologized for my part in our argument and for what I had said. And I tell you, that wasn't just it in this recovery work I did with my mother, but that was a piece of it that was beautiful. And so I just felt after I did this work, it's a seven-week plan or educational progress that I did with a fellow grief recovery specialist. And boy, I felt like a lift after I did that work. So I feel a resolve and completeness with my mother, totally. And I already thought, I thought I did already, but since I've been doing this work and having this time during the COVID, gave me a chance to breathe about it and think about it and feel about it. It was very important work that I did. And it may seem like nothing to some people, but to me, it was everything. So we all have our own individual journey. And what I'm asking for today is come from non-judgment about what you're walking through, what you're going through. And I think it, it, frees, it freed me up for sure. And one of the things I wanted to talk about today is an experience I had when I was walking my dog. I live in Los Angeles and there's some homelessness going on, a lot of it actually. And down a few streets down, there is a freeway, the 10 freeway. And underneath there are a few, there's a little encampment of homeless. And I walk underneath that 10 freeway and I saw a bike in front on a curb and there was a tent, a big green tent, and it was closed. And I always think they're still sleeping or something like that. So I passed by it and I went a couple blocks and walking with my dog, all of a sudden, I heard this sound, this moaning and the sound of just, a, it was like a guttural animalistic type of sound coming from a human being. And it just started getting closer. And I looked back and there's someone, while I was on the sidewalk, there was a woman on a bicycle. And I think it was, I believe it's the bicycle that was in front of the tent. And she's coming down and she has very dark black hair down to her shoulders, thin woman on this bicycle. And I could see her mouth open 
and this guttural grief sound coming from her, from the very depths of her soul. So I'm watching her get closer. She looks at me with a face. It was just like, oh, this guttural sound that I still get chills on it. And she looks at me and passes me still looking at me. And I saw this express, outward expression of grief and this sound, and she's making this sound as she's looking at me. She was a beautiful young woman. I would say probably in her 30s. And you could tell she was beautiful, but she was, you could tell, worn from probably living on the street. I don't know if she was on drugs or whatever. It doesn't matter. But I just looked at her, and I was staring into the eyes of devastating grief. And she passed by me and I was just stunned and I couldn't move. And I was so touched by witnessing this experience of this woman who expressed her grief in a way that just got me right into the heart. And I had no judgment. I just had empathy and caring for this woman of what she's experiencing right now. I didn't want to deny her her grief or her, her outward expression of devastation or hurt, whatever it is. Of course, I made a story in my mind what could have happened. She got kicked out of the tent. And it, a man who lives there who I know, I don't know him, but I know there's a man who lived there. What happened? Was she rejected? Did they get in an argument? Was she threatened? Did she feel unsafe? Was she sad? Did she feel a sense of abandonment? What was it? What tapped into her from maybe a past experience that she had? I will never forget her face. I'll never forget my initial seeing her riding on her bike and looking in my eyes. This wasn't just for a second. It was more than a few seconds. And then riding off and how her experience affected me and had forever changed me. And it deepened my commitment to being in grief recovery. Grief is about a broken heart and not a broken brain. People could have mental health issues, but they can be in devastating grief. You can be perfectly healthy. You can be someone who has, is thriving in the world and experiencing grief in a certain part of your life. This is what I know too, is grief affects us when we least expect it in different areas in our life. It can be affecting our work and we don't know it. It can be affecting our relationships with loved ones, our husband, our wife, our boyfriend. I know myself, and I've explained this in another podcast before while I had a guest, is I had some things going on with my father. He died very young at 46. I was 16. It was a time when my friends were the most important thing in the world. And my friends were more important than my family. So I never got to be like a real close relationship with my father. I know that that kind of thing comes in time. But my dad died suddenly. And I know at that time in a few years, because my dad wasn't around as much as far as 
I wasn't allowing it. And also he was busy working. He had a family of seven. And so we didn't have that relationship where I got as close as I could have maybe as I turned 18 or 20 or 25 or even in my 30s because I was 16 years old. And as I said, I, I didn't value the relationship as much. I love my father very, very much. But I, I have a feeling it affected my relationships. And so maybe I was a little um, standoffish or wasn't fully engaged in some of my past relationships. Just like in my, I was married once and I got divorced. And when I look back in retrospect, maybe I wasn't as available or maybe I did not pick the right person because of my own unavailability to get really close and afraid of loss because I've lost my father. I also lost my mother when I was younger too, 29. Lost my father when I was 16, lost my mother when I was 29. And a lot of you know that I'm in sober for 32 years. And so I've done a lot of recovery in that area. So it's that onion peel that it goes through layers as I peel the onion. We, I know that I'm a constant work in progress. And I know a lot of all of you are. We're not stagnant individuals. And hopefully you're not a stagnant individual. And that's why I'm into grief recovery now, because dealing with grief is another layer that we, we can get under for to have lives beyond our wildest dreams. And so I also believe that the universe is always talking to us, whether you believe in God, the universe, higher power, whatever your God is, or something that is bigger than yourself. I always believe that it's speaking to me in a way and bringing me messages. And that woman that I met or not met or when our eyes met last week changed me forever in this most beautiful way. And it, anchored even my mission and my work with grief recovery now that it anchored my commitment to it it's not always easy dealing with grief but what i love is that i am into the recovery part of it and i want to take anybody along who wants to learn about how to get to this next level and with their relationships and any trauma they went through that they can't seem to get over. And you don't want to get over something. It doesn't mean you want to forget the experience, but there's a lot of levels to grief recovery. And it takes a lot of small yet powerful, courageous steps to get to the recovery part from incomplete to complete, to unresolved to resolve. We are all in this together in our lives and we don't need to do it alone. I'm in a peer-to-peer -peer support group for recovery with drugs and alcohol. And the peer-to-peer -peer model really works. When I do my one-on-ones, and I want people to look at me as a peer, even though at that time I'm not a peer. But once they people talk to me and we go through the grief recovery process, maybe they get a lift in saying the jig is up. You know, let's live life with um, complete abandon of the truth of who we are. Sometimes we think we have to hide ourselves and because we're ashamed of our feelings, because we're ashamed of who we are and not being strong enough. It's not about being strong. I think grief recovery takes a lot of courage. And so that's why I'm in this work. Also, I just wanted to talk about another thing. 
about the way grief is coming up and it's being recognized even more, more and more. I got Psychology Today, the magazine, and it is the, I'm trying to think what issue, it's the August 2020 issue. It's about grief and the losses no one talks about. It's a fascinating article. It talks about pain versus suffering. And I know when I'm in my pain, which is so natural, losses are tough. It changes you. And it's, it's a behavior pattern or a loss of what is known. And that's such a natural reaction is, or experience is pain. But if we don't deal with the pain, that's when the suffering comes in, needless suffering. And I'm not saying if you're suffering right now that you did something wrong. Sometimes we just don't know the next right thing to do. And so that's why this is where we help each other. We influence each other. I think we're meant to be on the planet to influence each other and to remind each other who we really are and why we're on this planet is to live life fully, be, in, be of service, you know, grow, love, play, enjoy, commune with each other and live heaven on earth in the world. And I believe everyone has that opportunity. And I'd like to be part of it in the grief recovery progress. And when you get into suffering, that means if we deny the feelings of loss that suffers so many lives right now, or to deny the validity of our feelings, I observe that risk turning pain into suffering, as I said. Pain is an unavoidable signal of distress that lie to the mind and divide. Grief gives us a job to do. It is a command to slow down, to turn inward, and to recalibrate living in a world without, without our partner, without our friend, without our plans, whatever it is that is gone. You can feel grief for anything that is part of your identity. Another distinguished feature of the ongoing pandemic is that there's no way to know what will be permanently lost. A New York psychotherapist, Esther Petel, sees an invisible current of dread running through our lives right now. We want to know, will we ever be back to normal? When can I see my friends again? When will it be safe to open my business? Also, politically, we're, no matter what side of the fence you're on, where are we going politically? And sometimes it's just not about the politics. It's about the belief systems and the anchoring of what we believe. And I believe right now we are set up to be divided. And through newspapers and the media and all that, it's like, what do you believe? I hear conspiracy theories. I hear what's going on in the NBC, ABC, CBS. I, saw, I look at Fox. I look at the independents. And I'm not sure what to believe. So what I need to do is be quiet. What can I do in my space that can make a difference in the world, in my life, my friends' lives, my boyfriend's life? my sister's lives, my brother's lives, my world's life, my grieving community lives. What can I do in this space? I get overwhelmed. I don't know about you. And I think some of you can relate that it's in a confusing time and uncertainty is a big one. And uncertainty to me spiritually, and I don't mean God or religion. I mean, 
being okay and good in uncertainty is to me the spiritual mecca of living a life that is full and grounded. We don't know what's gonna happen. And uncertainty sometimes could be the best place to be because that means we're open to new information, a, a desire to have some certainty, which is fine, but to have things that touch our heart. All I know with certainty is I wanna live in love. I wanna walk in love. I wanna see love in everyone. That's my ultimate goal. What is your ultimate goal? Think about it for a minute. What is your ultimate goal? Not about what you're doing or what house to live or whatever. What feeling tone do you wanna walk in this world with? Is it love? Is it joy? What does it mean to you? What is your definition of love? Write it down, just put love. My definition of love is joy. My definition of joy is, write it down. And you don't have to think about it. It could be a stream of consciousness. It could be my definition of life with a sense of humor is, mine is to be around friends and family with laughter and jokes and accepting each other for who you are and the quirkiness and the ironies of life and my own funny things that I do if I trip up in life. Maybe not beat myself up about something I do wrong, but sort of laugh about it. I remember one Thanksgiving, I had a turkey and I couldn't find the giblets. I couldn't find, you know, that neck or whatever that goes with it. And I called my sister Connie and I said, Connie, I can't find the giblets and all that stuff in the little bag and the turkey. And I said, maybe they never put it in. And she goes, oh, bummer. So I cooked the turkey for without it in my mind. So I put it in the oven. And once I took the turkey out of the oven, hours later and started cutting, voila, what did I find? I even had stuffing in there. So I'm taking the stuffing out. All of a sudden, what do I find is the bag that I could not find. So instead of feeling bad about it, I was on the floor laughing. And people said, I can't believe you're laughing about this. I would be devastated. And I was like, you know what? Thank God I could laugh about myself. If I didn't laugh, I would probably die or cry. So I'm so glad I had that moment of laughter and a moment of non-seriousness about me being this perfect human being. A friend of mine, Herb Kagan, said to me once, Charlene, you will never rise above your humanity. And to me, what that meant was, I'm a human being. I'm going to make mistakes. I'm going to have some missteps. I'm going to be off the mark. And that's okay. I learned the most when I'm off the mark. And it helps me get back on the mark. And that goes with grief recovery, too. It's not like I'm off the mark when I'm in grief. Grief is just something. You're on the mark with something very natural in our whole being, in our life experiences. I mean, we have lots of experiences and feelings in our lives, from anger to happiness to ecstasy to sadness to irritation, being judgmental. And well, that's more of a, to me, an intellectual or a head thing with the judgmental thing. But there's a lot of about us and a lot of levels emotionally that we are. And so let's embrace it. And as I said, we all have filters and how we react to things. And sometimes just take a moment, give yourself a moment of time, time to reflect, 
time to be who we are. All the good, the bad, and the ugly. This is about self-love. And as we get deeper in love with ourselves, we're going to accept our light as well as our darkness. And we all have it. And let's recognize it. And that's, to me, how we live a life beyond our wildest dreams and our happiness, no matter what your wildest dreams are. It could be a simple life in the country where you grow your own vegetables and have a few farm animals. It could be living in the city and you have your cat and dog with you and they bring you joy and you're just content at this time in your life to have that. Or your grandmother who has grandchildren. Even though you may during the pandemic can't see them right now, maybe you do Zoom or whatever. But how do we embrace what we have today? I believe what we have in our life is what we choose in our life. And if you're not happy where you're at, we all make our choices. You want a different choice? You'll have to do what it takes to, to change something within yourself, to have the choice that you believe your life deserves. And I believe you deserve it. Anyway, I wanted to talk just for a little bit today. I think, I don't even know how long we've been, but I'm going to end this podcast just letting you know how much I believe in all of you. And that, again, this is the theme of this podcast I'm gathering. It's called The Best is Yet to Be. Are we willing to invest to be the best and to be the best that we can be? and have a life beyond our wildest dreams. You decide, you really do decide. No one else. Okay, we'll see you next week. More podcasts are to come. They're in the hopper right now. I'll, you'll be doing, I'll be doing this every Tuesday or Tuesday or Wednesday, this podcast will be coming out. Have some great guests coming up that will blow your mind and I think you're gonna enjoy it. Please share this. Facebook, um, Instagram, the podcast coming out on Apple and all the other platforms. And please share. I really want to be part of this movement. Besides myself, there's so many other grief recovery specialists that want to be there. And my vision for my life today is make grief a word that we can really embrace and understand or not understand, be okay with it. There's a lot of loss going on today but there's a lot of gain going on too. And I wanna be part of that for you. So peace, love and harmony and happiness is what I wish for you today. So long, see you next time, bye. Thank you for joining our Grief Recovery Now journey. Like what you heard? It would be the biggest compliment to our mission if you would please subscribe, rate and review Grief Recovery Now on Apple Podcasts. And we'll keep you posted on our next podcasts. If you don't have Apple, we are also on Spotify, Google, Stitcher, and other podcast platforms. Also, please join our private Facebook group, Grief Recovery Now. And if you are in need of any personal attention, please contact me with the link on this podcast page, which is griefrecoverymethod.com forward slash GRMS forward slash Charlene dash Gorzella. It would be an honor to hear from you.